Hello, everybody. It's your boy, Kyle Conkeel, host of the Just STFU podcast. Today on the podcast, I have a very special guest, someone whom I've admired for a long time. I think they're a very huge talent, a very amazing singer, been in very awesome bands like Tesseract, Omnom, Good Tiger. And some of you may know him as good buddy Elliot. Mr. Elliot Coleman of Good Tiger. This podcast was super fun to do. He typically doesn't do press. He just, he doesn't. So I'm really happy that I was able to convince him to come on and just have a conversation with me. This conversation kind of gets all over the place, but I think that is the most fun part about talking to somebody is just seeing where it goes. You know, we talk about Mark being on the show. We talk about how bad he's going to beat Jake in UFC three on Valentine's day, which, you know, you should go follow at Jake Bowen at Elliot Coleman for the Jake versus Elliot number three. This will determine who the undisputed virtual champion of the UFC 3 video game is. So I definitely suggest you guys follow them, check them out. Also, Jake Bowen is coming out with a new Electronica album. I'm very excited for that. And, uh, you know, we kind of just shot the shit and talked shit. It's kind of like the, the thing I'm best at. It's just talking shit. Anyways, I'm not going to get too cray for this intro, but please enjoy this episode with the very studly, the very talented Elliot Coleman. <laughs> wasn't Mark on the other day? Hmm. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't Mark. It wasn't Mark. Um, <laughs> he was. Uh, I was texting. I was actually. I was texting with Mark a couple of days ago, because um, I sent him one of my my Cyberconk T-shirts, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember when you had messaged me after after we had found out that you know Tommy was no longer in the band. Um, which I found out via the internet. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> and uh, and uh, he's like, "Bro, why don't you have Elliot try out?" And uh, I, I was like, "I asked Elliot, and I sent him our screenshot of uh. Uh, <laughs> you would lose fans immediately." And I was just like, "Perfect." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how have you been, dude? I've been. Oh, is this for the thing, or is this for like just? Actually, how how am I doing? I mean, uh, this is for the thing now. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, well, the uh, the on air answer is fantastic. Uh, no, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been I've been like everybody, man. I've been like everybody in the industry, just sitting around trying to be creative, trying to fill time, and taking it one day at a time. You know, 
Yeah, so you guys actually released a record last year, the um, Raised in a Doomsday Cult. Correct. Uh, when did you guys record that? We recorded that last year, but um, I finished my vocals for it in the summer of... I say last year, I'm sorry, of, uh, of 2019. 2019, um, yeah. Dude, I'm still in the same boat. I still think that last year is 2019. Yeah, it's going to be... I, well, sometimes I still think it's 1998, and you know, Third Eye Blind <laughs> just released something. Um, no, uh, yeah, so I finished my vocals. We started We started, started writing at the very earliest stages at the very, very end of 2018. Um, just getting some ideas together. And then by springtime, we had uh, compiled a lot of ideas, and then... I made plans to go do my vocals over the summer and then mixing, you know, what does that take like a month and a half? Yeah. Generally. And we did everything in house. So we weren't really waiting on anybody um, except for the visuals, uh, you know, yeah. the little music videos. Um, and then we were pretty much done and wrapped up with it. Uh, fall of 2019. But, we're independent, so we were just like, we'll release it when a, when a good time. I think we we planned more so to release it a little bit earlier on in the year, but with COVID, we weren't really sure how to gauge when, when would be a good time to do that. Yeah, I know. It's kind of hard to gauge when the best time is to release a record during a global pandemic, especially since there's no real way to support it other than, you know, online means and, you know, promoting it via social media or you know, the, the streaming services. Um, have you seen a guidebook on it at all? Yeah. Uh, I mean, since you weren't able to tour on it, have you seen more or less streaming? Like compared to say your last, the record before that? I mean, I, I know you guys are independent. You know, we have people that tell us, you know, we have like, you know, every, every, I don't know, six months or something we'll have a meeting with our management and they'll tell me they'll tell us how our streaming's doing you know yeah it, it's a little tough to gauge because the band in general is just you know i, I don't want to say the word bigger because that's not it, it's uh it's gained more fans since the last record oh, okay. so those numbers are going to be higher anyways um certainly you see a boost of numbers night to night mm -hmm. um when you're playing shows uh so i really couldn't say but it's our best received album. It's a great so I would record. Have to say, thank you very much. Um, I, I'd have to say, on average, it's it's played more up uh, since we've released it to right now versus the last one. I'm, yeah. I'm guessing, you know. So besides putting out a record, you did your vocals in the summer. What have you been doing to keep busy? Been writing. Just writing. I've just been writing. I, you know, I. When I started releasing music in like 20 or 20, uh, 2008, um, I had friends that self-produced, home recorded. I didn't really have to learn any of that. It yeah. certainly would have been helpful. And I bought a lot of gear to try. I could not wrap my head around it. Yeah. Um, and when it, we started writing for the last album, I kind of wanted to change that. I wanted to contribute more, not just vocally and lyrically. Because uh, I thought, you know, Des is our primary songwriter. I wanted to just help him out. And I figured he would appreciate it. And he's great. He's a great producer as well. He's great at taking small ideas 
and turning them into full songs. Um, but so, like I said, up to that point, I never really dabbled too far into it. Um, ver- minus some okay vocal production for, for things and demos. Yeah. Uh, but I started getting really into home recording. And then with the pandemic, I, you know, I'm, I'm home all day. I, I leave to take my wife to work. And then I come back, I set up my computer and I just start writing and I start learning more and more just how to program drums, how to mix, how to record my guitars properly, my vocals. I mean, everything. Um, and I've been the most prolific I ever had in a year's time, just a folder, a Dropbox full of ideas ready to go for, to work on for the next album. You know, luckily because of, you know, uh, all the friends I've made being in the industry, as long as I have, it's, it's been nice because I, I had to do that exact same thing because of, you know, COVID-19 and, you know, and, uh, having to not be around people in a close studio anymore, you know, I upgraded my computer. You know, I've talked about this a lot on the podcast. So if, if I'm repeating myself, you can fucking listen to it one more time. Uh, uh, you know, I've I've upgraded my computer, you know, and then what I've been, what I've been doing more recently is, you know, I have friends like, you know, Joseph McQueen, Josh Gilbert, and uh, our buddy Max Karen, who's like the kind of like the sixth member of Bad Wolves. What I do is I do a mix and I'm like, tell me what sucks about this mix. And they'll be like, oh, your snare's too loud. I can't really hear the kick drum. The guitars sound weak. And then I kind of just build off of that. So I have a few people's opinions who have, you know, engineered and produced a lot of records and and do a lot of songwriting. Hey, don't really pay attention to the song. The song's whatever. I'm just using it as a test. Right. And then that's kind of how I've been, you know, gauging my mixes and I'm actually able, like, if you would listen to my first demo I did when I first got this computer to now, I mean, granted, it's been almost a year. And if you do anything for a year, you're going to be better at it than when you first started. But I really think that the quality of, you know, cause this is basically demos. I'm not trying to write a record in my, sure. in my bedroom. I'm just trying to relay my ideas and how I want them to sound. Um, but if you listen to the first demo I did compared to the one that I just did yesterday, you know, it's, it sounds, you know, it's like, okay, compared to like, did a, a f- baby record this? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'd be impressed if a baby was pumping a, out full ideas as well. A baby c- could have done better than, than what I was doing, but it was, it's all like a learning curve. Like I've never really had to. You know, typically what I would do in my other bands is I would, you know, do a shitty little riff with shitty little drums and I wouldn't need any production to get my idea across. But I feel like if you have that production, you have decent sounding drums and it sounds like something as opposed to just an idea, it's more likely to come across how you intended it to other than just be like, oh, here's a stupid idea. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what I've been really focusing on. A lot of people can do a lot with little ideas. I've been blessed to be around people that could take a riff. Like like I said, could take a riff and build a whole song around it. So imagine when they have so much to work with, the collaboration between you and your bandmates. It's, you know, I, it's sort of, I'm in a weird situation where I certainly was in bands with no goal before I'd ever started touring, but it was never something that I thought would ever really do anything. It was more just getting together, jamming sort of deal. So I never really was in a writing environment. And to think about 
what it would be like to have to write that way. Say there was no trading ideas back and forth over the internet. I don't, I don't know if I could sit in a room and like woodshed you know, how a song. They used, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I'm. There's plenty of people that still do that too, but yeah, I'm not doing that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not doing that at all. Well, honestly, like sometimes you know, I'm I'm trying to create riffs that are completely out of my playing wheelhouse, so I have to like sit there with a metronome, like figure out the riff at a slower tempo, and then figure out at what BPM does this riff come out cool, you know? Sure. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I did that a lot yesterday. Like I wrote, it's like a, just a stupid little. Well, I oh, I'm doing a, a video for STL Tone, so I wrote a song, just a couple of riffs. And uh, typically when I do that, typically when I've written songs for something else that isn't Bad Wolves, I'll show John, my drummer, and he'll be like, oh, this is a cool riff idea. Oh, this is a cool riff idea. So I'm like, all right. Anything I've written specifically for the band hasn't gotten used. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to send this to John before I do anything else with it. And he's like, and then he picked out a riff and he's like, yeah, just slow that down like 25 BPM and that'll be a dope riff. And so I did, took the riff out of the song, slowed it down. And then he's like, uh, what BPM is that? And I was like, oh, like well, 127. And he goes, oh, there's a song that we haven't finished working on that's 127. Maybe we can slide something or of that variant in there. You know what I mean? And you take all that in stride, I'm guessing. Like, oh, yeah. You're just kind of like, yeah. And that's, you know, that's such a good attitude to have. I am very confident in a lot of things I can do musically, but I've always tried to maintain zero ego with with writing because, to be honest, if I hand something over to somebody that I want to produce it, I want them to throw out the stuff that I'm not gonna that 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 won't work. Yeah, I've given up parts that like I, in writing I was like this is great, and it was and it's been cut out, and I was like you know what, fair enough. I'm not gonna argue it. You know we've been very fortunate to have a lot of really great songwriters on our team. You know, especially my drummer John. You know he wrote a lot of the stuff for Devil Driver when he was in that band, and he just has a he just has an ear for certain things. So when I was first writing in, you know, March, April, and May, I'm not going to lie, you know, anytime I would send them something and I wouldn't get a reply, my feelings would get a little bit hurt. But as I was learning, you know, and talking to my guitar player, Doc. um, I like that guy a lot, by the way. Oh, I I love Doc. Sorry. I I don't know him personally, and I think I might have met him once, but I, I, I love his social media presence. He's such a funny, smart dude, sports guy. He seems like a really good dude. Oh, I mean, I love being in a band with him. And I remember I had a conversation with him and he's just like, you know, unless he basically told me, unless you absolutely 100% believe in your idea, you can't be married to them. And if you do believe in that idea so much, you got to make sure that you are presenting that idea how you want it to come across. You can't just do like a fucking 15 minute demo. You could put some production in it, you know, let somebody else listen to it, get their opinions on it. And that's kind of what I started doing. I was like, I can't be married to my ideas anymore. You know, we have really great songwriters, not only that we work with, but in the band as well. You know, Doc's written some, you know, Doc's written songs. My guitar player, Chris Kane's written songs. You know, John writes a lot of the material lyrics and included. So, you know, I, I kind of feel like I had to really step up my writing game. And right now, my my problem is 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 writing complete songs. That's not my forte. I've always kind of said to everybody in the band, I'm better in a working environment. Like if I have sure. somebody to bounce my ideas off of, like I'm not going to sit here and write the fucking next hit Bad Wolf song in my bedroom. Um, 
but it's nice to have people like, oh, that's a cool riff. Maybe we'll use it. You know, like I remember I did a song that I was basically I wrote the song to be a Gojira ripoff. And I sent it to my drummer. I was like, hey, I wrote this. I was because I just got new monitors for mixing and shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, bro, I'm stealing one of these riffs. And they changed it a little bit and put it in one of our songs. That, that's definitely going to be on the record. So I was like, yay, contributions. <laughs> <laughs> that's always a good feeling, you know, yeah. hearing something you wrote right there. So I don't I don't know. I watched I watched your guys's uh, you and uh, by your guys's. That was terrible grammar. Um, <laughs> your and Jake's. Right. Twitch Twitch stream. So now apparently there is going to be a Bowen versus Coleman number three. Yeah, so you saw the the first uh we, we so we've done two of those. You've seen Yeah, you, I, seen, I watched oh, a I little think... bit of the first one. I watched a little bit of the second one, and my favorite things about that is the shit talking that you guys do. Of course. I mean if we were congratulating each other on competition back and forth, I can't imagine it would be too interesting. It's so hard to talk shit during that you actually have to pay attention to the game. Yeah, um, but I just remembered. I, I don't remember which one it was. It might have been the last one. But you were saying your, um, the, you said to Jake that John Petrucci is the only reason why Periphery is big or something. Oh, I, I said, remember. um, oh yeah, I did that. <laughs> I said, um, people only pay attention. Oh, people only know you because of your uncle. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then he responded with, uh, "You were the worst singer in Tesseract." Mm-hmm. So he got me good, you know. But he was speaking truth, so it was very tough to, you know. I I don't agree. I I, I don't agree. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into that. But um, so you were you were a singer for Tesseract for an EP and some touring, correct? Yeah, I was in the band for like a year, a decade ago. Yeah, yeah, of course. Not not a very long time. Um, but you also have another project, and I I'm shitty because I couldn't find it before this call. It's like O M. I'm sorry. Oh, it's to... okay. It's okay. Uh, that's Omnom. Omnom. That's the first stuff I ever put out. That was with Misha, um, like 2007, 2008. Uh, and I think we the last thing we put out was 2009. Um, and we started so writing. Were... Before... Oh, so sorry. yeah, we, were, we it's okay. We, we started working on it again in 2014. Uh, then I moved and then he moved. And it, a lot of things have been getting in the way of just getting together to kind of work on that. Misha's not somebody that likes to trade ideas over the internet. Yeah. He's a very, uh, you know, in the moment writing. Um, what, what am I trying to say? He, uh, he likes to, he likes to collaborate like in person. In he doesn't person. want to trade ideas. He if it feels like work. Shed. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing that my kryptonite, um, but no, if it, if it feels like work for him, he's not going to want to do it. And I can respect that because it's not a job. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be, fun tunes getting written so as soon as uh we had planned at the beginning of 2020 to get together of course you know what happened happened so couldn't make it over hey guys it's your boy sorry to cut right in the middle of a podcast but i did have to edit this section so if it doesn't sound like we're having a cohesive conversation and it's just bouncing from one thing to the next it's because i had to edit out some personal information that one of our friends doesn't want to be known. So I had to edit it out. I'm super sorry, but here we go. We're back on the podcast now. You know, any of those people listen to my podcast, you know. 
and I'm fairly washed up as well, so no one's really going to hear this. <laughs> if this was a late night show, like a late night talk show, how would you would you be like uh, our next guest is a is a washed up musician, Good Tiger, and Ellie Coleman? And then I come on down. <laughs> There's like a single person clapping in the audience. You would have scattered clapping, and I and I don't refer to anybody as washed up unless. No, unless... I just... <laughs> Well, I, I know. I'm oh, I saying. see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah, I, I don't really refer to anybody as washed up unless, in fact, they really are. Like, what would, what's a great example, not including yourself, of somebody <laughs> who is actually a washed up rock star? Washed up rock star. Um, so I'm going to just preface this with, like, with all due respect. Like, this is we're going this... by the definition of what would be a washed up rock star. And this is all fun and games. We're not being serious here. Sure. Um, Ozzy Osbourne. I, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I don't know. It has to be somebody that is still uh... still trying to do it and maybe not doing it. Was in was in a popular band uh, a long time ago and is still trying to relive those those heydays. Like, like when they look out, me. when they look out, say they're at like the Troubadour. To them, it still looks like the Forum, that sort of deal. Yeah, I mean, not even the Troubadour. The Troubadour is a great venue. Like something like you know, like doing like Friday nights at the at the Roxy or something, or not not, not the Roxy. Um, fuck, where's that place that fucking River Phoenix died in from? The Viper Room. Ooh. <laughs> um. Yeah, just like looking out because the Viper Room is like you know three hundred cap, like doing Friday nights at the Viper Room. So imagine yeah. going from the Forum to that. Is the yeah. Forum still around? By the way, that's what yeah, the Lakers. The fabulous Forum. Play. I was okay. actually I was actually very fortunate enough. Uh, about five or six years ago, I had a friend and family invite to go see Van Halen at the Forum. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so it was like I mean it was it was mainly industry people, mm-hmm. um, but. You know, it wasn't like open tickets. You couldn't just go and buy a ticket. It was literally invite only. Right, right. And, I mean, it was still fucking packed. What year was this? Uh, like I said, five or six years ago. I don't I don't remember exactly. But it was when they when Van Halen came out with their new record, and, you know, they had that new single, like, Tattoo or whatever. And it mm. was when, um, you know, David Lee Roth, Van Halen, uh, Alex, Eddie, and Wolf... It was great, man. It was, it was, it was, and I'm, and I'm glad I was able to see Van Halen because you know they weren't really touring around a lot before that time and haven't really since then. And you know, of course, you know Eddie Van Halen passed away earlier this year, right? Um, or I guess later last year. I don't remember exactly. I don't even know what day it is. It like feels like day. it feels like it was. Uh, well, first off, today is probably. Tuesday. I don't know. I don't even. <laughs> well, because remember, uh, we were we were setting up a time for the podcast. And I was like, "Hey, you still good for tomorrow?" And you're like, "You mean Friday, right?" And I, <laughs> I was like, yeah, "I started shit, sweating." I... I was like, "Oh no!" I was like, "Shit!" I thought it was Thursday. I, I was already stressed out enough. I. Uh... I think I mentioned. I don't really. Uh... Okay, hold on, hold on. We got way off topic for the washed up rocks. I think so. I'll, we'll we'll circle back to that. Um, yeah. But I'll say. I don't really do a lot of, 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 I get asked, I don't get bombarded with like, Hey, come on, come on, come on, come on. But you, you had asked a while ago and I was like, I don't really do these. And 
I have some social anxieties when it comes to this because yeah. I just I, I never feel like there's a lot to talk about with me. Although you have been doing a pretty good job, I guess there's a lot to talk. Well, about. Well, see, here's the thing: like I, I I don't bring people on to like you know where where do you see Good Tiger going in the next couple of years? You know, like I'm 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 not like uh, I'm not a journalist. And I've done so many fucking interviews over the years where people literally ask the same question. Like, I kind of just bring people on to have conversations where we can talk about fucking washed up rock stars. We can talk about that fucking LaCroix you're drinking. I mean, literally, me and fucking Mark talked about sparkling water for 15 minutes on the podcast. What was he drinking? He was drinking a Key Lime LaCroix. (laughs) He was drinking that shit? Yeah. That's... (laughs) hilarious you know what he would drink that <laughs> he would well i'm drinking a lime uh wegmans wegmans yeah it's uh it's like 17 degrees out i don't really know why i'm drinking this i'm pretty cold is it, is it but it's flavored sparkling water or yeah, it what, is it is it is it doesn't taste very good <laughs> see i love like people there's only really one sparkling water that I can get behind, and it's only because it actually has a little bit of flavor. And I, like I said, I talked about this with Mark, but it's the Topo Chico. Like, does anybody really like drinking moder- mildly flavored sparkling water? No, we do it because we're getting old and we can't drink lots of soda anymore. That's the only, that's the only reason. You know, when I was 15, uh, I started pissing pure blood. I did and that I when like, I was three. I had a kidney infection. A kidney? Okay. Um, first off, I'm very sorry that happened at such a young age, although I'm I'm glad that it did because you probably don't really remember it, right? No, I don't remember it at all. Uh, I had a kidney stone. I've had kidney um, stones too. Fuck. Oh, you've had those multiple times? I had two kidney stones at the same time. Both kidneys? I believe so, yeah. How old are you? Fuck. Uh... I mean, this was like four years ago, maybe three, four years ago. How old are you? Uh, I'll be thirty-five in September. Oh, okay. Um, I'm th- I'm thirty-six. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, when I was like fifteen, I had that, and it was because of my diet, which was anything from the vending machine at school, yeah. soda, and just no water. Um, yeah. And ever since then, because I, you know, the, I, they broke it up with sound waves. They do that for you. No, I just I peed it out. Uh, well, I, I peed it out, but I did two gallons of water every single day. Okay, just to flush it out. Yeah, just to flush. Did it you out. even go to the doctor, or no, you I, knew I, what I, this was? I did, but I didn't have health insurance. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Oh, there's a little bit of blood in there. We think it's a kidney stone, you know." And then they, like, this this is going to get a little graphic. They were like, "We could give you this medication that'll dilate your urethra." Nice. Or you can just drink an ungodly amount of water. And I remember I woke up at like three o'clock in the morning as I was doing every single night to pee. And uh, they're like, if you can get it and we can tell you what caused it. And I was like, motherfucker, I drink three monsters a day. I know what caused it. <laughs> and uh, I remember you didn't I was, do the urethra thing. You didn't, no, you didn't... I, I, no I, I didn't do the, the urethra dilation medication, uh, which is a great name for a band. The ropes way. you have been shooting, man. <laughs> Like Spider Man. If you have, I would, I'd go back and get the pills. <laughs> but 
So I remember I, I got up at three o'clock in the morning, took a pee, mm-hmm. and I heard something like it almost sounded like a piece of metal like hitting the toilet. It was dink, mm. and I was just like, "Oh, that was probably it." And then a couple days later, um, the other one passed from my kidney on my left side, and I remember I was driving for work, and I literally, mind you, I drive a twenty-four foot box truck, and I literally pulled over, found the first hospital. I'm like, I have the worst pain ever. And they're like, has there anything been going on? They're like, I was like, yeah, they told me I had a kidney stone, but I already passed it. And they're like, well, you probably have a second one. So just go home. And, uh, and then, yeah, about a week and a half later, same thing happened. So, but I did not pee blood like you did. So we, so we share, I mean, we have something in common. Yeah. Uh, is there a tattoo parlor anywhere near you? We got to go get Kidney stone tats. Kidney kidney stone tats. You know, because that's just, I mean, that's, we're bonded. Like, kind of have, like, uh, like in the the over-the-top, like, when they do, like, you know, the the, the grab, but instead of, like, it being two biceps doing, it's two kidneys. (laughs) Yeah, we could do that. (laughs) Two kidneys with arms. It's kind of like the, uh, um, well, I only know this from uh, that Chris Farley movie, uh, the ninja one, where he, like. Oh, Beverly Hills Ninja. Yeah, they're all burning themselves like into their yeah. forearms. It's, you know, they gotta they gotta suffer through the pain for it. Um, so I, I had that. I was pissing blood, and I was fifteen. I was gonna die. I didn't know what was going on. Um, I did have insurance because you know I was under my parents uh, wow. as a fifteen year old, and this was this would have been nineteen ninety nine. So the options then were either putting like some sort of like hook sort of deal and Ooh, grabbing no, it no 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 kind of like kind of like how like a claw machine grabs a toy you know what i mean yeah. um but for your penis yeah it's some <laughs> it's some doctors like a bunch of doctors huddled around trying to get the prize um i opt you know it made more sense to uh knock me out and they used it to break up the sound waves now the issue is i still have to pee those out but Instead of one big sharp one, it's like a bunch of littler ones. I mean, you know, it still is what it is. They gave me this like strainer. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing that you would oh you okay, yeah. And I'm like, I'm in like high school and I'm like I should have went to the stall, but for some reason I was like at the urinal and people walk in and I'm like this (laughs) Um, like you're fucking mining gold. (laughs) Yeah. I I, you would you would yeah. I mean, I was in science class, I probably could have brought it back. Uh Dude, were you literally just carrying around your piss strainer in your backpack? I was. Some kids carry their retainers. I carried my, you know, my piss strainer. I had this big jug too that I had to fill up because they water. needed like with urine. Oh, with pee, Jesus. Well, I wasn't carrying that around. Are school. you sure? Well, I mean, maybe. I would imagine both of those things would have been uh, would have labeled me for life in, at the school. They'd have a statue of me now had that happened. I mean, a pee in your pants is cool. Consider me Miles Davis. You know what I mean? <laughs> Was that Billy Masson? Yeah. Well, pissing into a strainer is cool. Yeah. Consider well, me. See, that's why they would have built you. I mean, I'm just cool. They would have built a, they would have built the Elliot Coleman statue of fucking strainer pissing. Yeah. All the, all the, all the, all the kids are doing this. I'm saying to fellow kids as they walk in. <laughs> Hello, fellow but children. I, I, uh, I passed it. I put it in this little vial because I had to give it back to the doctor. I swear, like, I'm not, this isn't like some sitcom writing, but it opened in my backpack and got crushed in my backpack. And I lost <laughs> the Jesus Christ. 
Um, oh, oh, and uh, so the whole point of this is since then, the only time I will drink a soda, because I don't have the taste for it at all anymore. Yeah. The only time I'll drink soda is if I'm getting a tattoo, because just to keep a little sugar in my bloodstream. Um, yeah. So that's it. Well, I went on like a really crazy like fitness adventure in mid 2019 I almost said last year Um, and I remember I didn't have a soda for like two months and when I tried one again it was like it was like fucking torture it was too bubbly it was so sugary like I remember I took a drink of it and I was just like Jesus and uh, I see a bunch of uh, basketball players not real ones but like commercials where they're like people playing hoops and then like they reach for a Sprite. I mean, maybe that's like an old school type of commercial, but that never seemed like the refreshing drink to me. No, even, even Gatorade now, like, I mean, you know, I do have, I still do like to suck down an ice cold monster in the morning. Cause I'm a piece of shit. But, uh, for the most <laughs> no part, coffee, no coffee. No, uh, there's a few, few coffees. I like, I really like when we tour in, in Europe and doc and I will go and look for, you know, little, um, cafes or um where bakeries sure have coffee and stuff like that because i love pastries and i just find and maybe it's just because you know la there's literally a starbucks everywhere and i'm not into starbucks coffee um it's i'm just i don't know i never really put the time in uh my buddy ac slade actually sent me um he has a coffee company called cat fight coffee and uh, he sent me a bag of uh, bag of ground coffee, um, which is like kind of like his medium roast. And then he sent me some haz- uh, hazelnut coffee in the in the K cups, mm-hmm. the recyclable K cups, not the not the destroying the universe K cups. Um, and it was actually really fucking good. And he's just like you know he puts in the time, he goes and he figures out uh, where to get the best organic ground beans from and he makes his roast that way and uh it was actually really good so i have been drinking a little bit more coffee lately mm-hmm. but typically unless we're somewhere you know like new york city or you know a major met- metropolitan city or we're in europe i typically won't drink coffee just because i find most american coffee to be gross bean water fair enough uh, is monster something that I don't. I. I honestly don't know if I've ever had one. I'm. I'm sure I've had a Red Bull, but I. It's probably been ten years. Yeah. Good for you. Uh, does it? Is it like an instant sort of, like rush or? I mean, I don't know what's in it. It's all man-made bullshit. Okay. <laughs> uh, I probably shouldn't say that. We're trying to get our monster contract back off. <laughs> it's what? It's really good. <laughs> uh, it, it's a lot of man man-made stuff, but uh, I really feel like when. Uh, when I, I have like caffeine addiction, that's my problem. Like, like you actually like I get headaches up. if I don't have caffeine. Okay. So, and I hate headaches, and I'm a baby. So instead of just powering through the caffeine headaches for like maybe a week, you know, I just I have typically I have about 300 milligrams of caffeine a day. Sometimes more if if I'm feeling feisty. So I'm I, my coffee math is not. Very good. I'm wondering one, how one much... cup of coffee has about ninety milligrams of caffeine. Okay, so you're drinking like a little three and a half, cups. three and a half 
about three and a half cups worth of coffee a day. Uh, I mean, that is a lot, but um, well, I wonder how you would do if uh, if you got into coffee and just had like a coffee in the morning and then like a double espresso sort of in the afternoon. See, I used to do the coffee, but the coffee that I would like was like super sugary, super high in calories. Because like I said, I don't like... Black coffee, not into that? I mean, if the black coffee is good, I mean, I'll typically add just a little bit of dairy-free creamer just so it's not as aggressive. Mm -hmm. But like I said, most of my options, especially, you know, in the early 2000s, 2010s, Starbucks. And I'm just... I don't want a fucking black pike roast. That sounds it's it's not it's not good. And I'm sure there are people who love the bucks, but personally, <laughs> I'm not a fan of it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I I don't blame you. You know they are. Uh, I think they're labeled the McDonald's of coffee for a reason. I mean, it's yeah. convenient, but you know it's not. And I I lived in Seattle before, and there oh, is wow. so much better coffee than Starbucks. Absolutely. Yeah. I would go back to Seattle just for the coffee. Yeah, it's, there's 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 great coffee up there. So actually, I was super curious. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of our our former techs, Eddie Santos. Absolutely, he's a great dude. He's one of the. I don't have like a lot of friends in New York, but he's like one of them. We we've never gotten to hang out because I I reached out to him after COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that guy. He's a really really nice guy. Does an phenomenal job with tech work and just a good dude yeah how, how did you meet just via instagram or something he so we were already f- friends on social media so I, i'm gonna assume he friended me on there um but he told me he actually met me outside of a show we played at the gramercy mm-hmm. um at the at, at for, it was for Good Tiger. I, I, I think it was like dur- during the summer of like 2018. Um, but it was like a one-off, I think. I don't think the tour was passing through. Um, yeah. But but he posted anybody that needs guitar setups, just hit me up. And this was, you know, and he was in New York. I was like, I need a bunch of stuff set up. So I just reached out to him. And actually, this is pre-COVID, sorry. Um but I brought my guitars to him. I sat with him in the shop while I did it. And we just chatted. He was into a lot of the same kind of video games I like to play. It seemed like a good dude. Yeah, I know he's really big into you know like Resident Evil, Super Smash Brothers. Uh, Eddie worked with us for about two years. He was our first guitar tech, you know, and he, he was kind of it was his first time going out on the road as well, right? Uh, maybe I'm not. I'm, if if he did go out before, it wasn't for as long as we were as long as we did it because we toured for fucking almost basically two years straight. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, Eddie was out with us a year, a year and a half, two years, I want to say. And man, that guy had the, his work cut out for him. Like we completely, <laughs> like, like for as much work as, as Eddie did, uh, you know, well, of course we couldn't afford it at the time. Uh, we definitely should have paid him, paid him a little bit more. Um, and then, you know, and then he started going out with, um, all that remains. Um, mm-hmm. I forget the artist he works for now. Omar, Omar something. Omar Apollo. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, you know, I've seen him a couple times because they've been doing like live stream stuff uh, during COVID. So you know, anytime Eddie's in town, I'm like, bro, hit me up. You know, it's you know. He, he doesn't. He does. He's in. Um, 
I think he's in Bushwick, you know, so he's not too far from me. He's like yeah. 40 minute drive. So you, where did you live before you moved to New York? Was it Maryland? Yeah, I grew up in Maryland. I moved there in 93 and then I, I left there in 2016. So why, why the big apple, Elliot? Well, I met my wife here. Oh, okay. okay. She's. I've always loved New York. I mean, but I didn't. I know love anything New York about City it. too. I, ha, I I've had a. And sorry to cut you off. No, I've had right. a really weird love hate relationship with New York City. Uh, mainly, I don't know why, but my ex, who I was with the majority of Bad Wolves touring, mm-hmm. uh, cr- my Bad Wolves touring career, she hated New York City and hated any time I went there. I, I never knew why. So then it made me hate New York City. And then I went there as a single gentleman, you know, not going out to doing anything crazy, but just like being in New York City. And I was like, you know what? I actually fucking love New York. Yeah. Where were you, where where were you hanging out in New York? Uh, Manhattan. It, yeah, Manhattan, Brooklyn. You know, so I'd only really known Manhattan because I'd been coming here for. I mean, I think the first time I came to New York would have been like 2003. Yeah. Um, but. I would, my parents lived here for, uh, they, they actually lived here for like six months once. Um, they just wanted to live in the city for six months. Just check it out. Um, see what it's all about. Yeah. Um, so I, and I think I visited like twice during that. And this would have been like in 2006, 2007, but I didn't really know too much aside from, you know, Gramercy or Best Buy Theater with, at the time, PlayStation Theater, or just really just, you know, Manhattan. Yeah. Um, Same. Yeah. And I always loved like it when I would be there for the day, but, you know, um, I happened to be in Long Island because Periphery was playing a show there and I was just tagging along. Oh, actually, the day before I met up with them to play uh grand theft auto 5 at rockstar the headquarters because oh, they were fuck. doing like some some sort of stream thing they needed a person to fill in because i think spencer just didn't want to do it or something yeah so i just sat in and we played video games against the contortionist um oh i love those boys jordan's my homie i love that guy. great dudes oh yeah yeah great front of house guy great bass player great just great person well their front of house guy is our front of house guy robert brown oh yeah and i, I know robbie well as well um <laughs> Uh, but so I, um, I was in Long Island because they were doing Long Island, Philly. And then I think the last show was on Maryland because they were on tour. And that's where the, the video, the rock star thing happened. Yeah. Um, and then I was in Long Island at the show and, you know, my future wife was at the show. Uh, but we just kind of met in the crowd and then met at the bar afterwards and just, you know, kept in contact. Wow. And um, then, so do you, do you live in, um, you know, you don't have to say anything if you don't want people to know where you live, but uh, do you live in Manhattan or? No, <laughs> I live in Brooklyn. Oh, okay. That, um, that seems to be like the, uh, like the new, like hip place. You know, I went to um, Dumbo. Sure. Um, where and, JJ Reddick lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, I was like, bro, you know, I really like this area. I'm sure it's ridiculously expensive, uh, Dumbo specifically. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, and of course I've gone to Duff's, Duff's Brooklyn, a whole bunch. You know, Doc, my guitar player, used to work there. So anytime we're, <clears throat> anytime we're near uh, New York City, we always got to make, we always got to make a, a trip down to Duff's. 
and uh, I don't know. I would just if I had the cash, I would I would definitely love to have you know a spot a spot in New York at one point. Would you ever make a full on move, or do you like LA too much? Honestly, I fucking hate LA, man. I'm kind of I'm kind of just I wouldn't say I'm trapped here right now, but we have so much going on band wise that I need to be here in person for. You know, we're working on Bad Wolves Three. We're looking for a new singer. Right. You know. and and we've been rehearsing a lot, so I uh, I thought about making a move to Vegas or Utah or something along those lines, just so I can you know not have to rent a room, you know, right right. And just have. Like, yeah. I like Vegas to be honest. Um, I don't know if I like the nightlife of Vegas, but I like uh, well you know I like Nevada. Yeah. Um, um, but Vegas has some spots. I've never had a bad time in Vegas. I wouldn't say I've had like a great time there. Like I went, it went crazy, but I've never had a bad time on the strip. I've worked a lot of conventions in Vegas, um, pre COVID, you know, besides the band, uh, I do, I worked for a company who sets up in uh, Wi-Fi for trade shows. Okay. And a lot of the trade shows are in Vegas. So I've spent too much time on the strip and granted I wouldn't live anywhere near the strip if I moved to Vegas I'd probably go to Henderson or Summerlin or something along those lines and then it's kind of more of a normal place to live it's not like oh I live in you know I live on the strip in Vegas that because that mm-hmm. would be fucking awful <laughs> so I mean I've probably done 15 20 jobs out there you know that are about a week a week long week to two weeks long at a time you know I did a record out there in 2010 where I was kind of uh, commuting back and forth from LA to 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 Vegas, and I was just like, I have a I really have a love hate relationship with Vegas because you know I uh, appreciate some of the laws that Nevada has compared to California, but is is Vegas the spot for me? And the only reason, like again, why I was thinking of Vegas is because of affordable housing. Because sure. I mean, it's I mean, you you live in Brooklyn, so I'm sure it's some, something similar, mm-hmm. but it's just it's too expensive to have your own place by yourself out here. Yeah. Well, I mean, when it gets to that point, you know, maybe it's not a a bad idea to start looking elsewhere. And... Yeah, I'm I might plan something when the world open opens up again, but uh, for the time being, it just makes more sense for me to stay in LA. You know, and and I, I have I have lived other places besides L.A. You know, I, I lived in Arizona for a little bit. Uh, I've lived in Seattle for a little bit. And these are very, very, very short amount of times. And I've always kind of found my way back to L.A. But I think if I were to move, I, I, don't know, I really don't think unless I was here doing stuff for the band or I don't I wouldn't have any desire because, you know, Los Angeles the San Fernando Valley is, is, is my hometown. So uh, I just, I've done it pretty much everything there is to do. Now, if I move to a smaller town, I might miss a lot of the more exciting stuff that you can do in LA. Like the nightlife is pretty, um, pretty diverse. You know, it's not just Hollywood. It's not just, you know, if, if you're tired of the Hollywood crowd, you can go to Pasadena. If you're tired of the Pasadena crowd, you can go to the Valley. If you're tired of the Valley, you can go, you know, there's a bunch of places where you can kind of hide in plain sight. Um, Are you a big nightlife guy? I mean, I like bars every now and again, but typically I'm more of a hermit as I get older. Sure, sure. I uh, I don't know. I just like the um, options. Well, yeah. You know, sometimes you're kind of like, 
I've been sitting at home long enough. Maybe it's time to get out. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I've taken a tremendous amount of advantage in this city since I've lived here. Uh, I'm very much a homebody. Um, but my wife is really, she's born and raised here, you know? Yeah. So I've eaten at some tremendous restaurants, got some, some really cool theaters. I mean, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and while being in, you know, lockdown for however long it's been now, I'm kind of like whatever about it. It's not a huge deal for me to just work out in my living room and sit on the couch and work on music. Uh, yeah, it would be nice to, you know, experience a lot of those things again and go back to some of those restaurants and enjoy the city for what it is. Yeah. Do you uh, like East Coast weather at all? I don't. I don't mind it. Tip. Typically, summers in New York are a little more humid than I prefer. But I mean, it's no worse than it is in L.A. Like people mm-hmm. don't realize that LA isn't really a dry heat. It gets nasty in the valley. You know. What about the like, winters and everything though? I mean, the winters are the mildest the mildest winters you'll probably ever experience. I mean, the coldest it gets here is probably forty degrees a few nights in January. I mean, right now it's kind of windy and rainy. Mm-hmm. But that's you know, anywhere from fifty to forty is typically our our winters and it's very 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 short like uh fuck i think christmas day was 70 80 degrees <laughs> jesus yeah it's, so a, it's I, a green christmas yeah yeah so it, it's not terrible but um I, I lived in california like when i was a kid um palm springs oh yeah 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 out near out desert near joshua to uh, joshua tree yeah, yeah 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 i mean i don't know anything about it i've never I haven't been back since but <laughs> You're not, missing, one point. you're not missing much <laughs> roadrunners and tumbleweeds right yeah and caius and queens of the stone age <laughs> <laughs> uh so I, I know you don't have too much more time here but i wanted to kind of talk about some video games yeah, um, yeah what are you playing right now and are you playing on any next gen consoles or are you still back in the in the stone ages like i am i'm still uh i should turn my camera around so you can see i think you've seen like my my i don't have like a huge gaming setup, but um, so what I'm playing right now is golf with your friends on Switch with my mm. wife, like every day. Um, hardly a uh, next gen experience, but it's fun. Uh, I'll, I'll have to get that. I'll pl- I'll play you. I'll play some golf with you. You got a Switch? Yeah, I got a Switch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's definitely play that because that's like the best. You, you can come to my movement. island in Animal Crossing. We can play golf. You know, I don't know anything about Animal Crossing to be honest. Honestly, that kind of really helped keep my mind occupied the first three months of the lockdown. Is it a puzzle game? No, it's you just live on an island. It's like a life. It's like a cartoon life simulator. You get put on this island and you got to build up your island and, you know, you have villagers that live on your island and, you know, oh, my dogs are going crazy. They don't like the game. No, I'm like, they no, don't like, they don't like anything game. outside of this house. Like if there is if there's a person that walks by, they get upset about it. Oh jeez. <laughs> Calm down, dogs. Um but yeah, I, so it's uh, just like a little cartoon like it's, it's you know, it's supposed to be a kids game, but uh it, it's there it can be a lot to okay. to do on there if I mean, right now there's really not. I built a mile in the way I like it. I even got a six stage with like some guitars and basses and drums and some synths and a light show and shit. So 
It you sounds know, like you sink a lot of you can sink a lot of hours into it, huh? Oh yeah. I mean, there was I think there was one day I probably logged like 13 hours straight. Obviously stopping to, you know, eat and use the facilities, but other than that, yeah, you can sink a lot of fucking hours into this. But I I I do I don't mind golf games. So I will try this this, this golf is like putt -putt. game. It's putt-putt. Oh, it's just so it's like mini golf. Yeah. It's not like Tiger Woods golf. Oh, okay. And you don't have to use the switch to like swing. It's just yeah, you just you just press some buttons and use some things. But I don't know why that reminded me. I'm not sure if you watch South Park at all, but it reminded me of the episode of the South Park um, where they had the the Tiger Woods golf game where his wife was beating him up. Oh man, that's a pretty old episode, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so I hadn't watched South Park in like 15 years, and I kind of watched everything that I've wanted to watch on the streaming services. But HBO Max has like unedited, uncommercialed episodes, like every single episode of South Park. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of started from like season 10 or 11 where I left off, and I'm just kind of I'm that's what I'm binging right now. And I was like, you know what? I see why people like this show. You know, I watched it from like the beginning back in like 97 up yeah, until same. like, I remember there's an episode with like Britney Spears. So this is mm -hmm. probably like 12 years ago. And I think that's when I stopped kind of watching it. Um, but I loved it for a long time. And I can't believe it's still on the air, to be honest. I, I mean, <laughs> it sounds like it's still a good show, though. It's more Yo, just like. I just can't believe. Like, I, I kind of do have one small gripe with it. And it's how frequently they use the F word. And I'm not talking about fuck. Um, the derogatory slang word for a homosexual person. So they use that a still? Very, very, I mean, I'm in season 15, so I don't know how long ago that was. But I'm like, man, they really use. But I guess I don't know. Uh, you know, they pretty much say whatever the hell they want. Like, it seems like. There's n bombs. There's f bombs. I think I think society is now at a point where, unless the parody is like written on the wall, mm -hmm. uh, that usually gets canceled out pretty quickly. So I don't. I mean, I I can't. I have a hard time thinking that even South Park is untouchable. So maybe they're doing it. I haven't seen the episodes, but maybe they're doing it in a way that's not pissing people off. I don't maybe. know. I don't know. So what else besides golf are you playing right now? I know we had talked about some Resident Evil remakes. I know we had talked about... Um... God, those are such good games, man. Those are such... I'm not going to say all of Resident Evil is great uh, because there's a lot of lame games that go with uh, with that franchise. But when I was 14 years old and 2 came out, man, that was like an incredible game. 2 scared the shit out of me. And then 3 even more so... Because the homie would literally just like pop in every now and again. It's still scary. Yeah, I mean, it really, it really the is. the shit out of me, dude. And then Mr. X, of course, that guy. The remakes are great. Um, I loved those. I still play once a year. I still play Silent Hill 2 every October. Um, is that the one that you can get the, the, the Doge ending? Which is <laughs> like, it's really weird that like that was a meme before memes were really memes. You know what I mean? You can get dog endings in the first two. In the first two, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's a dog ending in three. Uh, you know, with much like uh, the Resident Evil franchise series, um, there's not there's there's some really good Silent Hill games, and then there's like some really bad ones as well. 
But did you ever play? It was it wasn't a new remake of two, but it was like the remake of two where they took all the fog out. The HD collection, yeah, yeah. I played that. I, How, I I mean, I'm a fan, so I bought that as well. But uh, I mean, it sucked, and you know, it it it, it shouldn't be a way a first timer should play that game. But you know, if you're just like throwing it on and just trying to screw around, it's okay. So you don't suggest someone who's who hasn't played the game before to play the HD remaster, but to play the original one. Yeah, grab a PS2, pay however much for the original PS2 version of the game. I mean, I think it, it's around $40, $50 still. Jesus. Um, but, I mean, it's a great game. I mean, like, it's... It changed a lot of things in in, uh, in horror game industry, survival horror industry. Yeah. Um, it still holds up. It still looks really good. Now it's not going to look as good as like a PS5 game, but its art design and style is kind of timeless for video games. I mean, I don't really think it'll ever like look so bad that you'll be like, "How are people playing this back in the day?" Silent Hill One, you can make that argument. It's like, well, this really doesn't look that good. But yeah, I what did you think of Cyberpunk, one. by the way? You know what? Because um, I, I see you wearing the hoodie. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I was I was support. <laughs> um, no, if there's anything I like, I always try to do as much as I can to, you know, support the the brands and companies and stuff like that. Um, honestly, I was a bit bummed out about because I'm playing on a base PS4. I don't have a PS4 Pro. I don't have a PS5, even though I've been trying to get a fucking PS5. Sony, stop make stop releasing consoles until you have enough for everybody to get one. You pieces of shit. Yeah, I'm tired of these fucking sneaker bots buying up all the ps5s anyway um so it, it had a really bad launch and you didn't see any of the footage before you didn't get to see any of the base model xbox one ps4 footage before the game was released now i don't really agree with how they how they've done that but you know i really think between offering refunds and most of these refunds you're not even having to return the product so you're getting right. to play cyberpunk for free. Now, I did my first playthrough, which was 73 hours before any of the hot fixes. I had the day one patch, and that was it. <clears throat> so, my first playthrough was really. I really enjoy the world. It was really frustrating. And uh, then they came out with the hot fix patch 1.1 which had a lot of controversy because it added more glitches to the game. And now Hotfix 1.2 has apparently fixed those glitches from the most recent patch. Uh, honestly, I'm kind of, I started a second playthrough and it was after the Hotfixes came in, in, in December. And I had a little bit more, a little bit more fun with it, but it was still getting to the point where I was having a lot of pop-ins, um, sure. a lot of missing textures, you know, the floor basically disappearing as I'm driving, you know, I mean, there's right. a way and if, and if they have to, um, graphically kind of dumb down the game, that's fine. But it's like, it's getting to the point to where I go up to a mission based NPC and it literally takes 20 seconds for that kind of the interaction button to pop up because it, the character is not only popping into the, to the world but then it's like texturing before my eyes you know right. it looks like a weird burnt melted ken doll 
are you super immersed in those sorts of games as well? Or are you kind of like looking at it as you're just playing a See, game? I really like RPGs that have kind of an open world type element and being a more in a more modern world. I mean, there's there's tons of games out there that are RPGs where you're it's fucking the 17th century or what have you, and you can have these sick wizard powers, but I don't really think a lot of people have taken advantage of the more modern setting in RPGs, and that's kind of what I was really looking for, kind of like a, a Blade Runner meets The Witcher 3. Um, so that's what I was really most excited for, was kind of because I'm really into the sci-fi genre. I really love, you know, Blade Runner. Sure. I, yeah, I just, that I, whole aesthetic. Yeah, the whole aesthetic is like my thing. Like I fucking love synth wave. You know, mm -hmm. it's just like, you know, and, and the cars. Like I love the cars too. And um, so I was really excited for that. And I kind of just bit my lip as I was doing my first playthrough, um, having to deal with all these graphical errors and and the game basically not being ready. Mm -hmm. But. Uh, I am looking forward to the PS5 native version coming out. I'm going to assume late 2021, possibly early 2022. They said it was going to be later in 2021, but I think with all of the all of the 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 stuff that they've had to go through, it's it, I I wouldn't see it before December 2021 or possibly January 2022. That's what I'm looking forward to on a PS5 because this game was not meant for base PS4. I don't even think it was ma it was meant for the PS4 generation whatsoever. It was it should have just been a PS5 and PC game. You know, my Xbox version was um uh, first off, you know, I I didn't know anything about this game aside from a few trailers and the massive amounts of hype that just started getting behind it. And I or maybe not getting behind it that had been there for a long time. Um yeah. I took Jake's lead on this cuz Jake and I play different games for the most part. We have different tastes when it comes to gaming, but he has good taste in games. Um, yeah. So I took his um, advice on this one uh, to give it a try. He didn't try to like convince me. He was just like, it's going to be cool. Um, at, at the very least, he was stoked for it. And I looked at that and was like, you know what? I'll just pre-order it. And I pre-ordered it the day before it came out. Because again, I had zero expectations, didn't know anything about it. And I was more or less underwhelmed with the gameplay. That is what made me stop playing it. Yeah. 30% of the way in. But I thought it looked cool. And I thought it was well acted. The story was... I didn't have any issues with any of that. It was more so just... I didn't really like the combat system. And I didn't really enjoy having to pick up every little thing. Um, well, you know, I mean, it gets to a point to where, you know, uh, they actually, they, uh, um, I know you have to go here in a minute, but um, they okay. actually, um, in one of the latest patches, they they made it so there wasn't so much loot, which a lot of people mm -hmm. were kind of complaining about. And uh, they did change one thing that I didn't like, which is if you find a legendary piece of armor or uh, a legendary weapon... You can pick it up, see how many um, upgrade slots it has, and if you don't like that, you can literally just reload your last save before you picked it up, and it'll kind of and it's kind of like a roll of the dice. What kind of uh, what kind of item you're going to be picking up uh, on its you know damage per second, how many mod slots the weapon or clothing has. Right. Uh, they they took that out, which kind of sucks, but I mean I get it. You shouldn't 
you shouldn't be able to be like, nah, I don't like the stats on this one. I'm just going to keep fucking save scumming and reloading until I find the one I want. You didn't but, find any sort of repetitive issue in the gameplay at all? Like, Not as much as some of the more recent video games. Uh, I felt the last I, of us too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like there was enough different types of gameplay where, you know, there wasn't really like main missions where you were like, oh, I got to fucking... I got to get this guy over here and protect him. There was a couple of those missions, but I think that they were done well enough to where it didn't make you think that it was an escort mission or, you know, and I felt like there was enough, enough diversity in the mission types to where you weren't really over, like overplaying the same mission over and over again. That's just my opinion, though, because the way I do things, I think, as well. Like, I try to, before even the prologue ends, I try to do as much as I possibly could and up upgrade my character as much as I possibly could, which you really can't do that much before the heist mission. Um, but, you know, I did what I could, and, uh, and I mean, I still enjoy the game. Um, I think I think it will warrant another playthrough for me. I mean, it's not like I wouldn't like to finish it. It's just it's not a game you can kind of grow tired of, put down for two days, and then just like jump back in. Yeah. Well, if you have any any questions, and if there's a certain type of play style that you that you would want, um, being on, I've put over a hundred and forty hours into this game. I've kind of figured out which play style I like, which right. is more of like a net runner. So I, I, I put a lot into my hacking and sure. crafting. So it's like, I have weapons that are literally one shot, one kill. And that isn't fun for some people. It is for me. <laughs> it's like starting the game with the invincibility cut on. Exactly. Well, uh, Elliot, you know, I really, Oh, so sorry. Go ahead. Oh, it's okay. I was going to say Jake hundred percented it. Like oh, he did. he did. Yeah. And then he started a new one. I was like, you started a new one. You just hundred percented that one. It's like, yeah. I got to about 83% on my first playthrough and I kind of stopped playing on my second playthrough mainly because I was really, after putting as much time as I put into the game as I did, it was really getting old. The textures, the popping in, it was just like, I was finding myself swearing at the game anytime it crashed or if I'm sitting there for like 20 seconds waiting for a texture to load or an NPC to load, I'm like, bro, come on guys. Yeah, I'd, I'd be over it pretty quickly if that was the yeah. case. So, but Elliot, I really appreciate your time. I really enjoyed our conversation as, as, uh, as, as weird as it might've got at certain times talking about our, our, our kidney stones. And <laughs> well, again, I mean, not many people know what that's like. <laughs> But I really appreciate your time, and um, if there's if there's anything that you would like to say from, uh, to my listeners where they can follow you on the Instagram or Twitter or website, anything you'd like to promote? Well, th first off, thanks for having me. You of know, course. You're a good dude. Have we, have we ever... Have we, hung, have, I, have, I, have we met? See, this is what I've talked about with Mark. We have, but you probably don't remember because I was punishing. You punished me? Are you sure? Dude, I've punished Wes Houck. I've punished Mark. Uh, like, I didn't even talk about punishing Mark on the podcast because I didn't want to embarrass myself. Like, I met a lot of you guys in, like, 2008, 2009. Okay. And, uh, Wait a minute. Was... Do me a favor. Take your glasses off for just one second. Oh, it's you! No. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, well, but luckily, because I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't really affiliated with anything at that time. You know, I was able to get away with it. You know, like I was talking about how bad I've punished Nolly. Right. I truthfully, uh, I, I, I've never, I really don't think I've ever been in a situation where I'm like, this guy needs to go. To be I'm honest. sure I'm over exaggerating. Anybody, I mean, obviously, like, yeah. Uh, but I mean, uh, we met for a brief moment. I believe. What band was I in at the time? Sky Eats. Maybe. Space Airplane, Tesseract. No, I didn't even realize you were in Sky Eats Airplane until like a week ago. Oh, okay. Well, I released. I think you were I in Tesseract. A... Okay. Okay. So that would have. Well, I don't even know where I would have played in LA with them, but uh... I hope it was a good show. I hope I didn't blow it. <laughs> but, dude, seriously, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it, and uh, I appreciate you circling back because I know, like oh, yeah. you said, we talked a few months ago about doing this, and and I don't want to, I don't want ever put any pressure on anybody. Like you know, like I said, this isn't like an interview show where I'm asking you, like you know, so what does Elliot Coleman think about you know, uh, what do you think about when you're writing lyrics? And... What do you think about this Wall Street situation and the political, <laughs> the social political climate going on? I'm like what? I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't really. I try not to talk about any of that bullshit. Like I'm not into the into the further the division and separation of this country. I try to keep politics to a super minimum mom on here although for a while it was super unavoidable sure um no yeah hey man this was easy enough you're a good interviewer and oh uh, well thanks and, thanks and it didn't even feel like an interview we're just hanging out um yeah. but uh anybody that wants to know or follow me for any reason my socials are just elliot coleman and elliot coleman just at elliot coleman uh can i plug one thing of course okay? plug as much as you'd like um Jake has a, I think he's been talking about it. So I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to say it and then I'll text him. And if he goes, you shouldn't have said that. You can just throw it, cut that out. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, he has an album that he's, that he's finishing up his electronic album. And the dude can write. He's a great songwriter. He's a good dude. And, you know, look at, keep an eye out for that. I think I saw some promoting, some promoting today on uh, Mark and Jake's behalf. Let me see. That was for Infinity Shred. Oh, right? Infinity Shred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're Never a great mind. band as well. They're a great band. Um, but that's all I can think of of anybody that's releasing anything. New Good Tiger, 2021. Oh, shit. We're doing back-to-back year releases? Why not, man? I mean, that's the plan. The plan is to already putting together everything, and the plan would be to put something out. But I say that, but, I mean, honestly, I'm going to hold you. 2022. 2022 <laughs> new all good right. tiger eventually i promise <laughs> all right dude well thanks again for your time thanks for joining me i really 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 appreciate it dude and uh, to all my listeners go ahead and follow elliot on everything where you can find elliot at elliot coleman and i will see you next week <laughs>